Welcome back to the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Holland, along with Steve, Steve Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, buddy. I feel like it has been a long time since we've... Somebody to... somebody had a bad case of the sickies. I did. You My did. family kind of did. Yeah, I it wasn't nearly as serious as what other people have experienced. Well, yeah. Thankf- I'm very thankful for that. But uh, yeah. you, you use the suppositories right off the bat, and I think that's really where... You won the battle. Well, I use one a week. Yeah. Just get ahead of it. Smart. Um, so, you know, but hey, we are here with a special guest. We do have a guest. Cody Bell. Hey, guys, I'm here. <laughs> Let's do this thing. So glad you're here. <laughs> you um, nailed that with the music perfectly. So, uh, that was beautiful, by the way. Cody is our local Young Life guy, and we wanted to have him in and know that pretty much every youth. Uh, I've been associated with, except for actually my own growing up. I didn't know what Young Life was until I was probably 20-something. And by then it was too late to join. Yeah, because I had dropped out of college by that point. Older life. They um, hadn't created the Young Life College yet. I guess Yeah, not. I got it. <laughs> when also, did they start that? In the 70s? Also, Cody, what's your actual title? Because local Young Life guy sounds like you're like a volunteer. Regional director. I haven't yeah. graduated a local Young Life guy yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's that's more. So, But you're like the regional director of yeah, there's a lot, no, yeah, I'm area, product development. Area, area director, assistant area director to the regional area director oh, is okay. my title. Okay. My I like title. that one. <laughs> yeah, there that's you go. That's very nice. Yeah, area director over Central Tucson Young Life, which is way too vast for any one <laughs> staff member to. But we like to create big visions. But I was going to say, but yet yeah. they've continued to say that it's way too vast, and they continue to fill one position. Oh, oh yeah, no, and and they're like, yeah, it's there's a lot of complications to it. So uh, normally for a podcast that we're hoping has listenership outside of our own city, I wouldn't ask this question, but because Chris's <laughs> favorite thing to do is to nail down the exact crossroads. That a certain deli is on in Birmingham. <laughs> I don't shy away from this. Alabama, not UK. What? Yeah, Birmingham. UK. Okay, so so what does what schools roughly? Can you give me the the boundaries of what Central covers? Our own Catalina Foothills High School, which is very close, right? Yeah. yeah well, the idea. Well, Tucson's big. Yeah. That's what I've heard. You know. Two, yeah. Exactly. A million people. Yeah, Pima County. In, yeah, it's, so it's it's a decent amount of people in in the city, which means there's probably a lot of high schools mm-hmm. in, in the city and a lot of middle schools and that kind of thing. And so that's really where primarily I'm trying to focus ministry is uh, wildlife, which is middle school, mm-hmm. and then young life, which is high school. And there are I think there's nine high schools that 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 my committee, my board, and I are looking at going. We should have young life in all of those. Okay. In all of those high schools, and it'd be you know Catalina Foothills, which mm-hmm. of course is the foothills way up north in Tucson, all the way down through Midtown. It's kind of like, like a sliver of Tucson, South Point, which who knows if they'll ever you know get <laughs> you know if we get a, someone on there, uh, South Point, uh, Catalina Magnet, not mm-hmm. to be confused with Catalina Foothills, very different schools. Yes. Uh, and you know from here on, Catalina Magnet on down are some of the poorest schools in right. Tucson. Catalina Magnet, Tucson High, Rincon, yeah. Sunnyside. Okay. Uh, historically, just I mean, just very, very poor. You know, mm-hmm. and Toy then, Story Three was my, my favorite one. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. There's a lot of Lotso bears that walk around the halls there. Yes, dude. <laughs> Jeez, Chris. My, yeah, so. you know, my grandpa was. No, uh, I didn't know him. My grandpa was the grad first graduating class at Sunnyside High School. Are you serious? Yes, they called it the Red Barn in the Desert. Isn't that Whoa, this? Oh, did that's he? That's what they called it. Did uh, he wrestle? Uh, no. I thought that Track. was kind of mandatory. He did the broad jump. Do you know what that is? When you have a bunch of, wait, what is that? It was my Siri. Oh man, that's so cool. Something about frivolous. 
It was like time to go be frivolous. Yeah. Mine does I that wish too. That's kind of scary. No, time out. Time time out. I really wish that I got frivolous reminders throughout oh, my day. Nice, Steve, yeah. go do something crazy. Throw caution to the wind. <laughs> anyway. And okay. then all those middle schools <laughs> and things like that. But it's yeah. just, man, I've been thinking even more recently. It's just, there's so many kids out there. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have a vision that big, but it's like, I think, uh, I'm not sure that'll ever come to fruition. A lot of things like um, Fort Tucson had like a, which is a collaborative effort of a lot of different pastors. And again, I don't think it's ever gotten off the dry erase board, but they had a vision to have like a, like the youth pastors would do that. And I remember we went, they just divvied up all the schools. Like you take this one, you take this one. Why do you feel that Young Life has been successful when so many other attempts have not been? Because that one's not actually ever become a thing. Well, we do a lot of focus on, we're going to take this school and focus on those kids at that school. Yeah. Whereas maybe other things, you know, and this isn't bad, but you know, the, where are your, where are the kids at Catalina Foothills youth coming from typically kind of all over or. I mean, mostly in middle school, Push Ridge and then yeah. Orange Grove and then uh, high school Catfoot mostly. Right. And then secondary Push Ridge. Right. Okay. So, but they're coming to a place, you know, yeah. I think the reason young life is successful at, at least, you know, this is not, they're not doing everything right, but at least claiming that they have ministry there is because they actually go to the school. That's, mm-hmm. that's really the yeah. effort behind that, you know? And you can get a lot of stuff done, and you can create some pretty good stuff if you're going to go to that place and just try to reach out to kids. You're yeah. going to get something going, you know? If, if you can get people to actually, you know, uh, get the courage up to actually go on to that campus. Kinda. Which is which is frightening, actually. Oh yeah. Well, I think he's now one of the. I, I don't know what role he plays, but um, Paul Dewart, mm-hmm. when he was a CDO principal, that was awesome. Oh because yeah. Then nobody, you know, it was like welcomed with open arms. And then whereas I know that Catalina Foothills High School, it's it's one of the toughest campuses to get on, and it's not even close. So you guys, I can see the merit behind tackling each school as its own individual culture and and group. I mean that that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're going, you're going after those kids there, which is really, which makes it a really big challenge. makes it really interesting yeah. because you have no idea the kids that are going to, they're going to, they're going to come to this thing we call young life club. Mm-hmm. You have no idea if they're going to, it's, if it's going to be a, a, a good group of students who's going to be excited about young life club and invite their friends, or if it's going to be legitimately we were talking earlier about the farthest out kid, the farthest out kid who actually tends to not be a great inviter of people to their things. Yeah. We know how that works. You know what I mean? Like we, we think about, oh, the farthest out kid. Yeah, that'd be great. This person's going to be a partier at, you know, at a, oh, the high school. I misunderstood. I thought you meant like the kid that's <clears throat> off alone. You mean, okay, I got gotcha. you. But you see what I'm like, saying though? I thought you meant like a kid that was like socially off by himself. I'm like, yeah, no, probably not a lot of network. Why do you that's have to I'm project saying. your own experience from high school and middle school? I'm just looking every at, experience I'm looking at you and your glasses and your red hair. And I'm just like, <laughs> let's be sensitive before we just label those kinds. Well, um, there's two farthest, there's two farthest out kids, you know? I see your saying. So you're yeah. talking about the one that is, you could call him the farthest gone kid. No, farthest out. But you could also. Call and I him actually don't gone. use that term. I'm just using it, because, you know, yeah. here. But it's uh, well, think about who is the farthest out kid. Well, in the '50s, it was probably someone different. Yeah, 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 very much. Probably a reefer addict. Yeah. Well, everyone a, was Christian. A, a knife. <laughs> yeah. You know. Picture that greaser. Yeah, you know. And I mean, would it be like a? I mean, I'm, I'm not assuming that you're a specialist on the <laughs> Christianity right. in the '50s. I of am. America. No, I'm banking. But on it. would it be somebody who is like an immigrant to the states <laughs> that comes from a different culture? 1950s religious culture. Yeah, maybe. I know. 1950s. That's what I'm saying. Like you yeah. had immigrants in the '50s. Maybe, but that's probably not who they were going after. You know, they actually had a. I think they had a term, uh, which we kind of still use. We wouldn't say it. Everybody probably uses this, and they called it the key kid. 
oh, concept. Yeah. Latchkey kid. Uh, not no. that. That's oh. awesome, though. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Latchkey kid. I mean, like your single parent, they worked. Oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah. Just the key kid, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, who's is there a kid out there who everyone loves? And, That's and, a magnet kid. And maybe they're not even a Christian, but if we could get that kid. Yeah. The a core influencer. Team. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of college ministries do that too. They go after kind of the yep. the Greek life, and they go yep. they start meeting with the presidents of these sororities and fraternities, and those are the key people. When we call them magnet kids, they're just magnetic. People like to be around them. Yep. Is that still kind of a strategy in young life? Man, I, it's so hard to now identify who that kid is. Oh yeah, because sports are sports are still really popular. I heard they don't that. carry the same weight though that they did. They the, don't. The club club ball has think about yeah. dissipated that. So you don't. Yeah, it's true. And you and you look at it in in, in Tucson. Unless you're getting a, a major rivalry game, those gyms are largely empty. I don't know if it's the, yep. the social media has kind of taken away the impetus for the social connecting that used to take place there, or if there's just less school pride because club kids play for whomever. But yeah, you're right. Sports aren't the thing that it once was. You're saying like Johnny. There is no longer a Johnny football Susie cheerleader. I don't think kind so. Kind of person. There, there might be, you know, we have one girl, and this, this is maybe my new, this is how maybe I go after that strategy. Uh, this is maybe my current way to go after that strategy. It would be kids who, who have some sort of background in Christianity yeah. are definitely not connected to a church, uh, maybe have no, no theology, mm-hmm. but they're kind of spiritual. And all they need really is someone to come alongside them and say, yeah. you actually know the true gospel. Do you, and, and they're excited because they're open. And by the way, teens are way more open to, to spiritual things, I think, than ever before. Thanks. I was substitute teaching the other day, and I literally heard a girl talk for an hour straight about Zodiac signs. So they're open to stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? So I, I felt like it's, uh, it's these kind of kids. And I, I remember my, the, the guy that I'm pouring into and then, like, our, our junior leader girl who's really going to have an influence on her friends, they're both like that. Uh, maybe grew up in the church, but maybe their family didn't have a current church or maybe they were kind of floating around or maybe they went to a church with kind of weird theology coming alongside them and saying, can you catch the vision of going to camp or something? And then can you catch the vision of reaching more of your friends? Yeah. And I can do the, the work of coming alongside them and saying, you know, that thing you said that was kind of prosperity gospel-ish, you know, that's not actually legit. Yeah. Oh, really? That, that was told to me so many times. Well, actually it's, it's this way, you know, in a loving way, of course. Wow. That might be the new key kid. I like it. Hmm. I like it. I mean, because in our context, I would say, are a lot of your kids coming from a Christian private school? Um, or a good bit of them? Slash homeschool? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then just just a couple, some, some public school, but probably public school in Thursday. So yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of those conversations, this is why it's always, I mean, every time we hang out, I learn something tons from you. Thank you. <laughs> they can't tell who you're looking at. They can't tell who you're looking He's at not the podcast. You, Steve. Thank uh, you, Chris. You don't have to say but that. But no, like your insight into the culture of kids yeah. is ridiculously valuable and something that I don't get to rub shoulders with a lot because a lot of the context of kids that are entering the church already have that layer of family that's emphasizing spiritual things. And to some degree, depending on who you talk to, forcing the spiritual element onto them. Whereas in the public school, you, you pro- more than likely don't have that. Maybe the parent is saying, hey, my Zodiac says this on this Monday morning on the way to school, and that kid picks up kind of that spiritual element, you know, and then that reverberates over into your relationship with them 
in some way, so they have that spiritual door open to their heart to some degree. I think the word you're looking for is horoscope. I don't think people would say, hey, my Zodiac says this. People then say my Zodiac is, right? They'll say Zodiac killer sometimes, but I, I, I've R- only R- heard it as my horoscope. <laughs> that anyway, nice. Dude, you're you get being a real Gemini, am I right? Chances <laughs> are the people listening to <laughs> this, Gemini. all 12 people listening to this, yeah, <laughs> aren't It's almost familiar. as bad as the Enneagram. <laughs> Yeah. Just kidding, guys. Jeez. <laughs> Use your swords, right. fellas. So, um, so, well, and, and so one thing, I know this isn't quite the path wrap, but you mentioned Young Life Club. For people that might not necessarily know what that looks like, could you walk us through what the average Young Life Club looks like? Yeah, Young Life Club, it's, you know, it's stuck around throughout the years of Young Life's existence, but basically it's an, it's an event. It'd be, it'd be like a midweek or, or some sort of youth night, uh, but typically done in, in someone's home, someone's house, uh, because that's an inviting atmosphere. And we're hoping that, uh, some of the, some of the high schoolers actually will invite their friends to this and maybe they'd invite them more if it, um, than if it was at a church or something like that. So it's at a house and it's basically just a, uh, Hey, here's another young life one controlled chaos. I like it. Controlled chaos, meaning, uh, we're going to start the night really welcoming. We're going to play some live music. That's not worship music. Ooh. Can you imagine? Oh my edgy. goodness! Yeah, I'm talking a lot of Taylor Swift. Yeah, we, of course, Taylor I Swift. I would never do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> never secular music. Uh, so you you know you and man that the art of music I feel like is dying even in young life. Yeah, uh, really. A lot of people saying, oh, we just well, no one knows how to play the guitar. Oh, you know, I've uh, never heard someone that could. To be honest, if I look back in it, but your uncle is Phil Kagi. True. No, but rarely. I agree. Most of the time, people you stream know? it and or stream. Sorry, strum it. Well, they'll just say, "Oh, kids don't kids don't want to do that. It doesn't work for my kids." Huh. I've I've seen the opposite, where if you can get some kids dancing around, yeah. singing songs, and just try because think about the whole time in young life. So you start up start up super high, and maybe the kids will show up high. You know, uh, yeah. Who knows? You I see know, what you did there exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? Uh, but you start you're starting up super high energy. And you're kind of working your way down through different skits and games and and fun atmospheres and things like that. Raffle announcements. You're you're pointing to the proclamation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this proclamation at the end is going to be <clears throat> a really simple proclamation, but a really true proclamation of who Jesus is. And each semester we'll do a we'll do a um, you know a, a, there'll be a, a, a certain um, you know a certain uh, what's the Word I'm looking for, theme. Yeah, theme. You know, but uh, vive What is it called Thrust? exactly? Anyways, there's a, a talk sequence. You know, there's a sequence to uh, this. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah, going, yeah. you're going. Uh, so you're talking about Jesus, we, especially in those first, uh, first five, six clubs where new kids are showing up who probably some of them really have never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. We want them to know who Jesus is. We want them to know who. Uh, you know, we, we want them to know what the incarnation is, mm-hmm. who Jesus is, and that he is God. And this is actually the character of God. Okay. And that can be really, really changing to kids because it's breaking down this thought that they had of Jesus as this, I don't know, you know, all of the different things that kids think Jesus and God is. Mm-hmm. But then you are getting into sin. You're mm-hmm. getting into cross. Uh, you're getting into resurrection and then, you know, appropriation or what do I do with this now, you know? But really throughout the entire Young Life Club, which only lasts about 50 minutes, including the talk. So it's fast. Yeah. You know? You're really just trying to break down those walls. And that's through humor. That's through laughter. That's just through doing stuff that you might not, you might be kind of nervous to do around your friends. 
but leaders are kind of in the crowd going, yeah, no, it's, it's funny, you know, and like, laugh, it's okay, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do what so, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's why people call us a cult. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, oh, man, and I don't know, my mind is a sieve, so I'll forget if I don't bring it up, but that's true. it sounds like a lot of your methodology, you got it down to a science, and it is extremely seeker-sensitive in the sense that not – not in the way that the churches use it, where they're like, we're going to stay here, and then we hope people will come seek us. You definitely go to where the students are by by charter. That's what you guys do. Well, yeah, how do you get them there? Well, you know, obviously we go and get them. Right. You, know? you do. You do. And there's an attractional aspect to that. And you guys, I think you serve food. Did you say that? Not, not at this club, but we do. Yeah, we do food occasionally. Okay. Not usually at club, though. So for a lot of youth groups... They do use the attractional model that Young Life has perfected. Do you think that it is necessary for a youth group to try and offer what it sounds like Young Life is offering? You mean it was just getting going and going and being with kids, bringing them to the thing? That kind of you know, bringing them to whatever event. It sounds to me like Young Life. If I were to look at it, I'd be like. If we wanted to reach kids, I would much rather jump on the train that Young Life has going and support them because you guys have the distribution, if you will, of the relationships with the schools, lives, other things. I f- I'm just going to say it. I feel like most youth groups are like great value brand Young Life. Oh, right. Yeah, they've got the budget. They've got the budget. Yep, they've got the budget. They can do the best thing. But again, but they're, again, I'd say poor man's Young Life. Right, yeah. It's great values brand, of course, being Walmart. Well, poor, in, poor in spirit, not poor in budget. Correct, correct. They're poor. They're, <clears throat> they are not as intentional, and they're not as courageous, but they definitely understand. Like, they want to copy the sizzle of what Young Life does. And I've seen that happen <laughs> that so word. many times. They yeah. want to copy the sizzle, but yet I don't know that the same level of intentionality goes into the back end of it. Can I throw something in there? I wish you would. Like, when you say seeker sensitive, um, very so modern term. Missional. Mission, yeah. I'd say missional. It's like, thank John MacArthur for sensationalizing <laughs> yeah, the, the phrase. Sorry, missional. You want to say synergy or something? Like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play make on my words. Vernacular fit. Once you guys will appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I want to, because I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up with Young Life. I had no clue what it was. I mean, our country school and any of the schools I was in, like, didn't you grew have up in it. America, by the way, Alabama, the real America, Alabama. <laughs> yes. But, um, but when I did get a, I mean, I went to a hunting fundraiser, uh, as one would for people. I was invited, and um, my pastor was given tickets to it. That an elder was going to go and couldn't. And Michael's like, "Hey, man, you want to go with me? This Young Life thing." I was like, "What's Young Life like?" He's like, I don't know. Let's go find out. So we went and we shot these pheasants, which the worst and craziest and funnest, um, like live pheasant hunt. Didn't you tell me they were in cages though? Like they put this box in the middle of a field. It's like Hunger Games. Unloaded on it, and there's these (laughs) these hay bales around that you stand real sportsman, and they throw them out of the box, and if it comes towards you, you shoot it, and so and then you you. You keep what you kill. It sounds as safe as it does humane. It's crazy. And so, um, but anyway, in that, that's where I learned everything. I started hanging out with Mark, the guy that was the main director for the region. We got to be friends, and I started, I helped with a restart of two clubs. 
what I started learning was it, it is in one sense it's seeker sensitive, but the seekers are not the kids. The seekers are the, the people, the, the directors, Fair. Or the pastors that are there. Yes. Like They're you have to work your chaches off to get in that school. And what you said is right. very true. Like it's not so much the kids that are seeking, it's for the ministry minded uh, young life staff that go out and make the extra go the extra mile to reach and seek those kids yeah that's what i think is beautiful about young life where i invested a lot and why i still do and and will is because it i was i i'd heard from other youth pastors like young life doesn't give a crap about any of the churches it just cares about like Mm. getting money from the churches or getting like they want to use your building they want to use this or they want to take advantage of you um I'm like, oh, well, I hang out. I asked Mark, and we sat down in a good four-hour conversation. I was like, he's like, yeah, crap. that's true. I totally miss. He's like, yeah. he's like, no, I need <laughs> your money. I need your facility. Grant. He's like, yeah, dude. Does. <laughs> but it echoes yeah. what you said. It's like we don't really have a facility. We don't really have that budget. Um, invest in me because I'm going to seek out those kids. And so I, that's why I think it's it's worthwhile to invest in your local young life. I, it's yes, because you're investing in these people that are going to. And and also what you said, Steve, I think it's you're going to be investing in people who are going out into the schools that maybe we're not allowed to go into a lot of times. Right. It's kind of like in in sales. If someone, if a company acquires a new salesperson, they're largely getting their book of business. Who are their contacts? Who are their connections? Yeah. In the PCA, it's just what they've tried to do with RUF, which is like, well, we need to do something, right? A lot of times I feel like that's how people recognize yeah. it. But with with young life, I almost feel like with a healthy relationship between a church youth group or a, a church in general and young life, you really do offer that both end. Because I know how it's supposed to work on paper. The paper is, well, this becomes a church home where these kids, you know, I've never really seen that come to, to fruition, but I know that that's kind of like what you're shooting for. But so what if it's not though? Like if we're kingdom minded, would it matter what the church got out of that if that's the work that's going on? And, no, and I, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. But it, it takes a certain kind of understanding and maybe that's spiritual right. maturity to not be threatened by that. Because like one of the things I was talking with Cody about in the green room before we came on yeah. is that um, <laughs> usually what happens is it's two sides kind of playing each other a little bit. This is when it goes off the rails, meaning... The youth guys love doing stuff with Young Life because then it gets kids to their events and it makes them look good to their bosses. Or they think it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or they think that's, it will. That's what... Yeah, but but we've all talked about that. Whatever gets attention, whatever gets measured gets attention. They usually know what's going to get their bosses going. If, if if your pastor's patting you on the back for 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 uh, the number of kids that show up something, you only have to get that one time. And you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. But anyway, and then from the Young Life perspective, they're like, well, yeah, we need buildings to do our dances and these different things. And it is kind of like a mutual usury when in reality, maybe you could talk to this, Cody. What, what's an example that you've seen of a church having a healthy understanding of young life and vice versa and them kind of pulling in the same direction? Oh, yeah. And you don't have to say CFC just because Chris is here. It's, no. You can do a real <laughs> Definitely one. Definitely not. I don't think we're going all in. You can do a real one. churches probably are. But. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And I, I mean, I think I believed that for a long time that – and I would say that if I was ever going to, and I can remember when I was a, when I was a staff associate, would be, which would be kind of like an intern, be your first two years on Young Life staff, trying to figure out if you actually want to do this thing, mm-hmm. uh, enter into being an area director somewhere. <clears throat> I was in, I had started a brand new Young Life club in Cottonwood, Arizona. You guys ever been there? Yeah, Cottonwood Mingus. Oh, Cot- yeah, Mingus. That's why I started Young Life club there. And my first people had told me, you know, get in touch with the youth pastors. That's just what you do, you know. So mm-hmm. I joined this uh, this. Uh, 
at first very weird and kind of strange mix of different denominations, different theological approaches. Uh, we would, and we would, we'd just pray together. Mm-hmm. And man, I was like the young, I was the, I was the young diehard young life guy coming in there being like, I don't think this works. Yeah. You know? and, but if I was to, but if I was to communicate with them and, and how we were going to partner, it would be, yeah, you know, like I, I'm going to go get the, I'm going to go get the kids. Me and my leader is going to go get the kids. Cause that's what we do. And then, yeah, hopefully maybe we can plug them into your church. I've never seen that really work, honestly. No, and, either. and, uh, not into that specific, Hey, here is, let me introduce you to Chris. And, and maybe that will work when you've developed a healthy relationship. Like I feel like me and Chris are kind of getting to that point where it's, um, we, we kind of started partnering together and this is, I think a good, I think this is a good healthy example of how young life and uh, youth groups or churches can partner. I don't think it's the same anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's just a blanket template of like, Hey, this is the path that we want these kids on. Yeah. We don't even, we have no idea what kids are going to do. You can spend time, you can spend four years with a kid in high school and young life. And at the end they're like, Hey, you want to stand up at say so? They're like, I'm not definitely not a Christian. <laughs> like, I've been hanging out with you for four years, yeah. you know? No, I'm good. You know? <laughs> and then they'll go to college well, the next hey, year and meet the Lord. You yeah. know? Buddy, I, hey, contribute <laughs> to, to their college I went, pastor. I went, yeah. No, no, but I went to a Christian high school, and I'll tell you what, senior Bible, because you had to have made a profession of faith to get in. And I remember <laughs> loads of kids just being like, yeah, I'm not a Christian, by the way. I'm like, all right, well. I'm good. Yeah. I took a kid to camp one time. Uh, Gabe Hooten, if you're listening. I don't think he is. Uh, he was this, He's like, that's me. He was this guy. He was this uh, fundamental Catholic. You guys know that that's oh, a thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, only wants to hear the yeah. uh, mass in Latin. Yeah. Uh, so there was a, I guess there was some sort of one <laughs> of the splits happened. But this kid, Gabe Hooten and his grandpa, very Catholic. I took him to camp. They had a little slip that was like, well, hey, what do you want to do at the end of this? They heard the, all the gospel proclamation, yeah. the sequence. Um, one of the, it was, yes, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Yeah. Hey, I'm, oh, I think the, the, uh, the visual cue was a boat. I got one foot in, you know, that was that thing. <laughs> and then the other one was like, no, I'm not ready to follow Jesus. And there was an other section. He fit the other. No, I'm going to remain Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, it's just funny. So, but, but, you know, I think, like I said earlier, I think we're, uh, I think we're getting there, Chris, where we've just said, hey, I need this. And you've responded, I feel like, to the Holy Spirit and going, I think we can do this small thing for you. You're not promising anything big that's going to be like, yeah. And then I have this grand scheme where all these kids are going to come to my youth group or something, you know, first off, that wouldn't even work, you know, not at all. But what me and Chris are doing is just, he's, they're making breakfast for a small group of kids. I'm trying to get to from the, the spot of, I didn't know Jesus. Now I know Jesus. And I'm trying to figure out how to read the Bible. Chris and a crew are providing breakfast, you know, and it's really cool because you've gotten to meet and see some of those kids and you can see some of them are biblically illiterate. You know? Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's refreshing. It, it is. It's actually. great, you know, because they're going, you know, this, this kid Ian is just processing and processing <laughs> the gospel, and you're like, and it's just kid's just a talker, you know? <laughs> Anyways, but it's, I think it's things like that where we're saying, yeah. what can, how can we partner just right here with no expectation on each other? How can we legitimately try to move these kids closer to the gospel? And usually what ends up, usually the only way it works is when someone is saying, hey, I'm all in on this. Yeah. And, th- and that's really what you did with that. Hey, I don't want anything from it we can make you guys breakfast yeah for, for me that was a really cool spot to just be like yeah awesome cool because it, it can be feel like we're on a we're trying to put these kids through a through a system you know yeah. and then trying to hand them off to a pastor which really never works you know <laughs> well yeah. not coming from that context of zero to a hundred you know 
so, three seconds. So I think to answer your question, Steve, it's like when for healthy partnerships, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it usually be churches just saying, Hey, what do you need? Yeah. What do you, what do you actually need from us? Um, not necessarily what, well, Hey, what, how can we partner? Meaning how can you benefit us and we benefit you? Yeah. You know, how are we yeah. both going to scratch each other's backs? That's probably not really going to work very well. You know? No, that's fair. And they've done church partnerships. Did they ever do church partnerships down in? I mean, where they've said, we don't have any money, but this church has money to hire a staff person and they're going to be part on staff of the church, part with young life. Yo. So ours was weird because, uh, I went all in I went to Mark's like, I'm all in dude. Um, I had hired the staff that I needed to maintain what I had built. And so the last three years that I was in fair hope, that's, that's what I did for three years. And, uh, so I ended up taking on those, those two high schools and making them one club. And then trying to cultivate campaigners out of it. Right. But the budget for that, because we did food once a month and I just went and solicited funds for the food nice. and I solicited funds for like events and fun things to offset costs. And then we raised a lot of money for camp because I realized like that's where a lot of that really big life questions are going to be asked. Yeah. Right. And you're moving, at least in that, that strategy there was you're always moving them towards camp. You're trying to get them mm-hmm. away and at camp. And, uh, so I was like, all right, I don't know how your philosophy works. I'm up to learn something new. So on like Mondays, Mondays and every other Fridays, Monday was club night and every other Friday I would go to sports games and we couldn't actually get on campus there. I couldn't as a youth leader on any of the campuses, even in Alabama. So I would have to go meet kids afterwards and walk with them from one point to another on those two different schools and stagger it and then go to sports games every other Friday and just do my contact work that way. But right. my primary job was at the church. And so my wife had to be on board with that and, and a lot of other things. But so I had my own young life budget within my youth budget at the church. And then that's how we kind oh, nice. of funded a lot of that stuff. I see. And then Mark and I just met like every week for accountability and just like hang out and bro time, you know. And, um, and, it, and it works really well. But to your point, like even there, I think that was way further in than I've seen a lot of youth. And I haven't heard of a lot of youth leaders do that. Um, that's not to say toot my own horn and saying I'm, I'm amazing. Sounds like he's tooting his own horn. I am, by the way. I'm, I'm just kidding. But it was one of those things where if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, go you know do it. Um, so essentially, I had two separate youth groups. I had the one at ESPC, then I had the one that was kids that want to do a campaigner because we would ask like, hey, if you want to do a campaigner or a small group and go deeper in the Bible, let's get together. Yeah. And that kind of became my second and the core group for that club. It's sort of like what you're doing kind of the exact same thing every week get together go through the bible talk through things every once a month do a, a question and answer on a note card kind of thing like what's something about the bible or jesus or god you ever wanted to know about and let's talk about it and right so it's very entry level mm-hmm. i found a lot of life in that like i just yeah. it, it was really refreshing and, and it's validating like god's called me into ministry and i'm working with young disciples that really know don't really know anything yeah. Who is Jonah? Why Very do I true. keep hearing who Jonah? Hey, why why is this why is this uh, account in John and not in Mark? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Actually, it's a really really good you know, yeah. reason for that. Great honest yeah. questions. They don't have a context or like they don't have a shame in asking any of yeah. those questions. There's a beauty in that and uh it's something I really miss, you know, because uh, I just don't have a lot of that because I'm a church youth leader. You church mouse. Yeah. Well, hey, Cody, thanks for joining us for this episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back for another one 
We're going to talk a little bit more about how, I mean, we talked about this in this episode, like how can churches uh, partner with Young Life, but I want to talk about misconceptions with Young Life. Like if a youth pastor's listening to this, maybe they have a, a positive or a negative context, but they don't totally understand Young Life and how they can get involved or support their local Young Life pastor, how they can do that. And we're going to continue the conversation of how we can work together. Thanks for joining us. Right on. Thanks for having me, guys. And if you have any more questions for the PYP, please send us an email at thepracticalyouthpastor at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Chris.